Good morning. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for our morning worship service without the music. Amen. For time's sake and to compress everything. Amen. We just bring you the Word of God through the media until we can meet again in a building and we have something planned that if it works out the way that is planned it looks like god is opening a door for us to get into a temporary building till we can get back in our normal meeting place so we can be together and have our full sunday morning worship and praise service together and then the word of god which is part and parcel of our worship so uh, we pray you will you will be patient and uh, and we're just glad that you are still uh, supporting this ministry the way you have it means so very much to me when people still support even though we're not coming together physically thank you from the bottom of our heart now i'm going to thank you but god's going to do way better than that the lord's going to bless you in fact he said he would open the windows of heaven in the book of malachi pour you out a blessing There is not room for us to contain it to the overflow. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm expecting that poured out blessing today as he opens the windows of heaven. And by the way, the windows of heaven uh, is talked about in Scripture as the rains that were sent to water their crops and cause them to grow. Amen. He promised that that kind of rain from heaven that would bring bumper crops in the land in response to them. It's not just pouring out, you know, coins and and paper money and no, it is blessing us in whatever we are doing and whatever vocation we're in, blessing that. He opens the windows of heaven in an agriculture economy and pours out a blessing. (laughs) Hallelujah. He sends the former and latter rain in a season to give a bumper crop to his people. What a gracious and a good God that we serve. What a great, mighty, wonderful, heavenly Father we serve today. Here on Father's Day, as we wish everyone once again a blessed Father's Day, we want you to get to know the Father better because Jesus came to show us the Father, didn't He? The Bible said that He came to save us so we could come and be reconciled to the Father, reconciled to God, reconciled in such a complete forgiveness and pardon that we might be able to call the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth and everything in it, our, possessively, our Father, which art in heaven, our heavenly Father. There's a power in that when we pray. There's a privilege in that in our walk with Him. And He is the wonderful pattern by which we should pattern our lives as earthly fathers. The Scripture said in Ephesians 5 and verse 1, Be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love even as Christ who who literally sacrificed his life as a sweet-smelling savor unto God. You know, the disciples saw Jesus' relationship with the Father, and particularly his prayer life, and the way he talked to God. Amen. And they, they said, show us the Father. Show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said, have you been with me all this time, and you say you haven't seen the Father? When you've seen me, 
you have seen the Father. Praise God. Didn't he say it? The works are not mine, but what I see my Father do. The words are not mine, but what I hear my Father say. Amen. So, uh, uh, this is this is where we want to go today. Uh, we want to establish the fact that we don't just have a force in heaven, a supreme being somewhere up in the cosmos. We have a Father which art in heaven, and a Father that is with us upon the earth. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Shown to us through Jesus Christ. Matthew 6 and verse 9 says, After this manner, therefore pray ye. This is often called the Lord's Prayer. Indeed, it is a pattern prayer for us and our prayer life. And, our, and it begins with a declaration of our reconciled relationship with God. It doesn't begin with petition, but a declaration and a confirmation of our reconciled relationship with God. A relationship that no one ever, ever, ever had or could have until Jesus went to the cross and shed His blood. And they said, Lord, teach us to pray and he said after this manner he's answering their 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 question this is our pattern prayer the lord's prayer is our pattern prayer i want you to say that out in our listening audience our pattern for all prayer Amen. It doesn't begin with showing God our faith and our perseverance. And we, all those things come afterwards. It begins with a declaration of our reconciled relationship with God. And it says in verse 9, After this manner therefore shall you pray or pray ye, Our Father, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Praise God. There's a deep reverence for Him, but there is an acknowledgement of our relationship with Him through the blood of Jesus Christ. Someone said one time, two secretaries were taking a tea break when they began to talk about their respective churches. I never knew you went to church, said the first one. I'll bet you $20 you can't even recite the Lord's Prayer. Oh, yes, I can, said the second. Well, let's hear it, (laughs) said the first. The second one began, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And you know the rest of that little nighttime prayer for a child. The first secretary listened with astonishment. Wow, she said, here's your twenty dollars. I didn't think you knew it. This is one of those LOL moments when you say, you know, people may not really know and understand what the Scriptures are teaching. We need to go deeper and dig down into the Word of God. Amen. And get to know the God of the Word. Praise God. You see, Jesus did many wonderful things in the presence of His disciples, miracles, teachings that astounded and awed them. But the one thing that Jesus did that moved them to ask, teach me and teach us to do that just like you do, that one thing was prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. You know, we many times say, Lord, teach us to do these wonders. Teach us to do these miracles. Teach us to deal with demon spirits like you did. And certainly they desired that. 
But that was not what they put the premium on. What they put the premium on was, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus prayed like no one had ever prayed before. Jesus spoke to the Father in the complete assurance of the Father's acceptance and love. Jesus spoke to the Father not as some absent deity, but as a loving, present parent. Teach us to do that too is what the disciples asked of Him when He said, After this manner, therefore pray thee. And it all begins with our Father, which art in heaven. Praise God. It all begins with our Father. Think of what that means for us. Prayer is talking to God as much as a loved child in the middle of your work day, as you're driving your cars, you're doing dishes, <laughs> even if you don't have a dishwasher. My wife has a dishwasher that helps out doing the dishes. Uh, amen. But it's not electronic. <laughs> I think I'm getting dishpan hands. But I love ministering to my family. And I'm not ashamed as a father to say, yes, I do vacuum floors. I do dishes. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And when you're doing your job, when you're at work, when you're eating your meals, when you're laying down to sleep, when you're waking up in the morning, prayer is such speaking to the Father when you realize that He is with you wherever you go, whatever you are doing. Prayer is the confession that you live your life as a Christian in the presence of a God who is your Heavenly Father. So when you say our Father, when you begin to pray and you declare and confess that God has become your Heavenly Father, it designates that a new covenant relationship is yours through the cross and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible said the just has suffered for the unjust that He might bring us to God. The first work of the cross is to reconcile us to God. Heaven is gained. Hell is escaped. That's secondary. It all begins with a reconciled relationship with God. And this was the purpose that God sent Jesus so we could be reconciled unto Him. So we could be in a new relationship with Him. So that we could be accepted in the Beloved. Hallelujah. To be able to come to God in prayer and call Him our Father. Suggest a new intimacy that is not found in all of the Old Testament. Now, if you want to go back there and do a search uh, through a concordance, you're going to find Him identifying Himself on occasion as Father. But not in the sense of the New Covenant not in the intimacy of relationship. No one, uh, it, no Jew approached God like we can approach God. They would consider it dis, disrespectful. They would consider it maybe as far as, as almost blasphemy to call God what we're able to call God through this new relationship we have with Him. Listen to Ephesians 1 and verse 6. It says, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. That word accepted means highly favored or honored. 
And in John 17, 20 through 23, Jesus is interceding for us. This is the Lord's prayer for us. And he said, Neither pray I for these alone, but all them also which shall believe on me through their word. It wasn't for those disciples of that day, apostles of that day, but those that would hear the gospel through them and believe on him. That they, and that's us, amen, say that's us out there. Praise God, that's you and that's me. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, verse 23, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know, there it is again, that thou hast sent me and loved them as thou hast loved me. Now I'm going to stop right here because if you just go over this and go past this and you don't get this, you won't understand the privilege and power of this reconciled relationship with God. He said, Father, I want them to be one with us, one in us as I'm in you and you're in me. And I want you to love them Show the whole world, uh, amen, that, 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 so that they may know that, that you sent me by loving them as thou hast loved me. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you when I read that in my first time reading, Christ's intercession for us as New Testament believers, it absolutely stunned me. I, I had to read it again, and I'm still chewing on this. Amen. I couldn't just swallow it, digest it, and go on to something else. I had to stop. This is a Selah moment. Selah and the Psalms mean to sit down and quietly contemplate this. Well, I sat down to quietly contemplate and stood up and shouted. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is saying, what I have done through the cross and what I'm going to do through the cross and my shed blood in their behalf is going to bring a relationship with them like I have with you and you have with me. No, listen, listen. God called Jesus His only begotten Son. Amen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him would not perish but have everlasting eternal life. My only begotten Son. The one and the only and the only person on this planet that could truly call God His Father in that kind of relationship. Ah, but when Jesus rose from the dead after He shed His blood, amen, the Bible said He became the first among many. Praise God, the firstborn among many. And He's talking about bringing many sons into glory. Thou hast loved them as Thou hast loved me. What kind of love is this? Hallelujah. Let's continue to read. Verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom Thou hast given me be with me where I am 
that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and that I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Oh, friend, how could it be? How could it be? You know, we sing the song, don't we? Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, not my will thine for? Well, while it's true that God is, is Jesus, is King of kings and Lord of lords, and He gave His life, literally, the Scripture said, on the cross in the New Testament, to wit, God was in Jesus Christ, reconciling the world unto himself if we would believe on jesus as our savior we have such complete forgiveness such complete acceptance in the beloved actually we're not just friend we don't just join a church we become the church a building fitly framed together spiritually speaking for a habitation of god by and through the holy spirit Praise God. We are baptized not just in water so that we can meet the requirements of a denomination or organization. The Bible said there's a spiritual baptism that we we absolutely uh, enjoy in Christ, that we are baptized by one spirit into one body. And that body is the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we become bone of his bone flesh of his flesh spiritually fulfilling the prayer of jesus father i'm in you you're in me let them have that relationship in us and let and love them with the same love wherewith you have loved me now i can understand why god loved jesus so much because he never sinned but how can god love me that much for i have sinned I've come, <laughs> friend of mine, I don't want to, God knows you and me, amen. He knows every wrong thing we've ever done, every, every wrong thought we've ever had. But through the cross and the blood of Jesus, we have been reconciled. You know what He does with our sin? The Bible said, as it is written, fulfilling that that word of God, that desire of God for this relationship, I will cast their sins away from them as far as the east is from the west, and their sins will I remember no more. That's how God can accept us. It's in His Son. And that's how God can forgive us and reconcile us unto Himself. And that, friend, is how we can call Him our Heavenly Father, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. This is the underpinning, foundation for all faith and all prayer. We have total acceptance with God and total access to God. This is revelation and realization Hallelujah. That will absolutely revolutionize our prayer life. John sixteen twenty five through 27 says this, 
Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken to you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I will no more speak to you in Proverbs or literally in parables. But I will speak to you, I will show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because you've loved me and have believed that I came out from God. The Father himself loveth you, for, oh friend of mine. Hallelujah. You know, I, I had a, a, a pastor years ago that fell away from the Lord in his latter years. And he felt like because he had failed God, that God had no further, not only use for him, but no further love for him. He went into deep and utter despair and depression. And when he gave his testimony of how he came back to God, I listened. I wanted to hear how this man that had such a relationship with God could fall that far from God. And it's because he wasn't on to begin with this foundation that God wants us to be on of our reconciled relationship with him and our absolute forgiveness and acceptance. Amen. He said, when I was young, I opened the Bible, my, the family Bible on our, our, our table where they kept it. And he said, I opened the family Bible to Genesis 1. And there was an artist conception of God driving in this picture, God driving Adam and Eve out of the garden driving them out, an angry God, driving them out of the garden. And he said, it's like that imprinted upon my mind that if you fail God in His anger, He wants nothing more to do with you. He, he didn't read Genesis. He didn't see the first blood that was shed on planet earth was the blood of an animal that God slayed to bring a covering for, for Adam and Eve who were ashamed of their nakedness in His presence. That blood was shed to cover their nakedness. It began a scarlet thread that runs throughout the Scripture and, it, and finds its climax in the cross where Jesus died upon that cross and shed His blood that we might have a robe of righteousness. He took our robe, stained and tainted with sin, and gave us His royal robe of innocence. And He suffered our punishment, the just, suffering for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. Oh, friend of mine, he said he was sitting in his chair, watching television, when God spoke to his heart and said, and called his name and said, I love you. And he said it made him almost fall out of the chair. And he did get out of the chair. And he's been reading that. He's been preaching that. But he wasn't on a foundation to actually believe that deep in his soul. To believe that even in his faults and his failure, if he would repent, God would reconcile him. God would pardon him. God would not 
push him away. God would not forsake him. Oh, friend of mine, the devil will tell you that God could not love you. God will not forgive you. God would not want anything to do with you. But the devil is a liar and he is the father of it. You see, our Father as a Christian distinguishes us as God's very children. Oh, Galatians three twenty six through 29 By the way, my ex-pastor who prayed for me when I was dying of cancer, one of the men praying with an evangelist that night was my pastor standing beside him in the church we attended. And God delivered me, healed me instantly from cancer of the blood. And I'm 73, halfway to 74, declaring that God loves you today enough to give His Son. And He has brought us into His royal family, and He has called us His sons and His daughters. Listen to Galatians three, twenty-six through 29 For you are all speaking to believers here, the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. We may be separate in denominational, organizational situation, but we if you're a real child of God, we're one in Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of us as brethren or brothers so many times in the New Testament. And that word means from the same womb. From the same womb. If you've been born from above, if you've been born again, you're my brother. You're my sister. Praise God. We are from the same womb spiritually. And for, oh, so one preacher said it one time. He said, you may be in a different denomination, but if you're truly saved, we're womb mates. Hallelujah. Verse 29 says, if you be in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You see, the cross, friend, is the great equalizer. At the foot of the cross, there's no discrimination. Race or rank have absolutely no meaning. We are all God's children when we believe on Christ as our Savior. We have equal access to Him, and we are loved equally by Him. Praise God. Listen to Romans eight sixteen and 17. It says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children of God, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And if we suffer with Him, that we also may so be that we suffer with Him, that we also may be glorified together. Our Father declares our new covenant relationship with God. You cannot be saved by grace and not be brought into God's royal family. God has no stepchildren. Praise God. I want to say that again today. God has no stepchildren. In fact, the Scripture says now, it doesn't appear what we shall be, but now we are the sons of God. And if sons of God, heirs of God, and if heirs of God, joint heirs of Jesus. What manner of love is this that we might be called the sons of 
God. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 15 says, But you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, we cry, Abba, A-B-B-A, Abba, Father. It's the Aramaic word for Daddy. You can see Dada. It's so easy for an infant when he recognizes or she recognizes her father to say Dada. Ah, but this was Abba in the actual uh, Aramaic of the day. And it doesn't just mean Father. It means Abba, Father. Jesus used that term when He was in the garden, when He needed the intimacy with His Father, the comfort of His Father. He said, Abba, Father. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but thine be done. If there's any way to save man other than the cross and what that involves, let this cup pass. But he began the prayer to go on that journey by saying, Abba, Father, in one of the Gospels. Oh, friend of mine, listen to Galatians 4. Verse 4 through 7 in closing, it said, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You see, this, before it becomes a heaven and hell issue, it becomes a relationship to and with God issue. Hallelujah. And because you are sons, if you've come to Christ, you're a believer, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. See, we're a son who serves, not just a servant. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, there's so much more to what Christ has done at the cross than just giving us a way to escape hell and obtain heaven. There is a relationship with God that is beyond any words to tell. You know, the Bible speaks of this, this relationship, whom having not seen you love with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. It speaks of the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. Who are we that a king should bleed and die for? That would be beyond our wildest imagination, but that God would take on flesh. The second person of the Godhead, one with the Father, would take on flesh, lay in a manger, grow up and hang on a cross and then bring us into such a reconciled relationship with God that we could begin to talk with Him by declaring that relationship. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. He's lost none of His holiness. Oh, but in His holiness, this light, this un unapproachable light that emanates from His presence and person. And yet we are invited to come in and call Him Abba, Father. And when we do, the Holy Spirit said, That's it. That's true. That's right. 
Hallelujah. Well, on this Father's Day, we wish all the daddies out there a blessed day. Let us pattern our life as earthly fathers after the Heavenly Father. Amen. Ephesians 5 and verse 1 and 2. Be ye followers of God as dear children. Imitators is the Greek word. And walk in love even as Christ who gave His life. This is a self-sacrificing love. Oh, friend of mine. And every, every man, woman, boy and girl out there. I want you to know this. You have a God who loves you enough to give His Son. The Son of God loving you enough to give His life and send us the Holy Spirit so that we could go through this world loved of God. We could pray, amen, like Jesus prayed to the Father in the full assurance as He's put it, Father, I know that You always hear me when I pray. Hallelujah. And that means you can pray the prayer of faith, doesn't it? Because the whole issue of prayer is that God hear us. If we know that He hears us, we know we have the petition. (laughs) Hallelujah. And because of this reconciled relationship, we should know that He hears us. And we should begin to bless His name and praise Him. I'm expecting good things to happen out of this crisis and all of this chaos because I have a Heavenly Father. And I've been talking to Him about all of this. And I believe that He is responding. And I believe we're going to see a space of, of, of time given us to, to raise our eyes from all of the distractions and see the harvest fields are white unto harvest. And I believe in a great ingathering of souls just before Jesus comes. And I believe the world is ripe to hear a message of hope that the world may know that God has sent Jesus. He displays the love of God in the lives of His children. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you have this kind of love one to another. Hallelujah. Well, we love you today. I pray you eat a good meal, eat a big dessert, take a nap on the couch. It's what daddies do. Hallelujah. And I know one particular guy I'm talking to, and you know who I'm talking to. Amen. I can just see you sprawled out after that big old meal that you're wonderful wife has has blessed you with. Amen. I feel you today, sir. We love you today. God bless you. Don't you miss next week? Come back and let's have a Sunday morning alive church service until we can be together again. And God bless our internet audience today as well. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, We're taking this time right now to call you to salvation, to give you an opportunity to come to know Him. I want you to know that God is angry at sin, all sin. He's holy and He will never change. But did you know what? He loves the sinner. And He loves the sinner enough that He gave His only begotten Son 
that whosoever would believe in Him and on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Make no mistake about it, no matter what you've done, how awful, and something some things are beyond undoing. When you repent of sin, doesn't mean you can make everything right. You should make what you could right. Let him that steal, steal no more. That's repentance. Oh, but friend, there are things you can't change. You can't make restitution for. But the blood of Jesus has been shed because you can't save yourself and you can't make yourself worthy. And because God wants you to be His child. God wants you to be His son and His daughter. God wants you to have a Father that loves you that much that He would give His Son, that Christ would give Himself and then give you the Holy Spirit. Oh, friend, don't run from God. Don't run away. Run to Him. He will welcome you as you repent of your sin and receive Christ. God will welcome you with open arms. <laughs> He'll pardon your sin. He'll forgive you and He will forget that it ever happened. He'll seal you with the Holy Spirit. He'll walk with you through this old fallen world. And when this life is over, He'll receive you into the place Christ has prepared for you. Hallelujah. We love you today. Thank you for attending Sunday Morning Alive.